I think you put life in perspective. You can't get today back. So love the ones you love, apologize to someone you had a fight with, pay it forward in the, you know, coffee line. Just, I can't say that enough. So this whole bus thing, yes, maybe (laughs) is a midlife crisis, but it's also, I can't get today back. And I don't want to miss out on enjoying what this country, this world has to offer and people have to offer. So I'm really excited and looking forward to it. Welcome to the Badass Reset Club, a special place where if you've lost your way, girl, we're here to help guide you back. Those club doors are opened up wide so we can discuss all things fitness, nutrition, body composition, hormones, menopause, beauty, headspace, and more. Hey there, my name's Heather. I'm a fitness expert, nutrition coach, autoimmune athlete, mom of three pretty cool kids, and married to one handsome firefighter. I started this club because after years of over-exercising, under-fueling, gaining weight, dealing with Hashimoto's disease, and experiencing hormones gone crazy, I knew there had to be a better way. So come on in, badass. Let's hit that reset together. Okay, we are ready to go. And today I have somebody special to me. I'm so excited to share her with you. She is one amazing woman. It is my friend, Kat Donatello. And Kat wears so many hats. She is an entrepreneur. She's a mommy. She's a wife. She's a friend to so many. She is a badass athlete. She's a chef. She is an adventure seeker at heart. And she is the founder of Austin and Cat. And we can't wait to tell you more about this special lady. Welcome, Cat. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you so much. That's like almost an obituary. It sounded really good. No, 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 (laughs) not at all. Not at all. You are like one of the coolest women that I know. And I'm just ready to rave on all of your experiences and sharing with all the things that we go through as women, when we need to hit resets, why we need to hit them, how they feel, how the struggle is with them. But also where we are in life, because I think you and I are probably pretty close in age. And it's a hard sandwich to be in. I think, you know, we've got aging kids, we've got and the stuff that goes with that, they're no longer just needing diapers changed and being picked up from places. It's like real deal problems. And then aging parents and losing parents and health stuff with the whole mix of like, starting businesses and real life stuff. So Let's dive in. And you know, I was trying to think, Kat, like what year it was that we met, and I couldn't remember exactly, but it's been. I'm thinking it's like 2014, 15. It's been a while. It's been a while. while. It's been a while. And for those of you who may not already know, um, Kat and I met through Betty Designs being on the Betty Squad. Back in 2014, I believe. The OGs. Yeah, Yeah, total OGs. I'm going to tell the story because I don't know if you remember the story, but it was so fun. You had just moved here from the East Coast. You still kept your accent, I see. (laughs) You still have a little bit of an accent with you. But you came to the West Coast. You came to the Seattle area and you reached out looking for someone to swim with. 
And you were downtown Seattle. I was out in the burbs, but you came to meet me and go for a swim. And at the time, I was a super newbie, newbie doobie swimmer. And I think I had gotten like a quarter of the way into the lake and you maybe went to the opposite side of the lake and back and you were like, so <laughs> I can swim on my own. It's okay. Yeah. But I, I remember thinking, dang, this girl is good. Do you oh, remember God, that at all? I do. And I still, um, I have that photograph of us. I think it's <laughs> actually the photo that I use on the phone for you. Um, cause I oh my gosh. Her. Yeah, we were like babies then. I mean, it seems like a lifetime ago. My my triathlon world um, and triathlon life has, I hate to say this, stopped, but I am retired. And yeah. for right now, it just doesn't fit into my life and my lifestyle. But having said that, um, my husband, Tim, and I, who I met through triathlon, uh-huh. are still very much engaged in that community. I mean, we we find such solidarity and likeness, um, in that. And, you know, we're, we're on Zwift and, you know, we're racing there and we're still out running and still Uh out swimming and doing all that fun stuff. But, you know, my racing days, I have to say right now, we're definitely not happening. And you're okay with that, right? Like, yeah, you know, I think that's a good choice for you. It it is. It's weird because anytime an Ironman race is going to happen, you know, I'm on, Facebook, watching the race. I'm still very committed, you know, shouting out to my friends that are still racing. And I still feel that camaraderie. I mean, before I did what I'm doing now, I was a race director for over 10 years. So that's part of the person that I am today. So I can't just shelf that and put it away. It'll never leave you. Uh -uh. How did you get into that? How did you start with the race directing? Oh, gosh. The race that I was directing was called Pumpkin Man, and I started that in 2006. And I had been racing on a, you know, a small scale, but I had an opportunity to race in Europe um, in in an Ironman race. And I did it and I was like, oh, I could do a much better job than this. And it's more (laughs) of, you know, me being like, I can do it better than they can do it kind of thing. And I brought that, you know, my experience um, in Europe home. And then I also got an opportunity to meet the, race director of um, Ironman Lake Placid, who let me shadow him for a year. And I literally tried to learn everything I could possibly learn from him. And, you know, one thing led to another. We had this beautiful venue in Southern Maine and convinced the owners of the property to let me put an event on there. And it was a 200 person event that first year. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Benoit Samuelson raced it. So it kind of mm-hmm. got some press right off the bat. And, you know, we hadn't even written our final check for porta potties. And I was already <laughs> in the planning stages for the next year. And at that time saying, I'm putting the first half Ironman on in the state of Maine. And it never had existed before. And there were lots and lots of barriers to cross because I was a woman race director. And in 2006, yep, yep, yep. there were not a lot of us. Um, so that was a big challenge. But my kids were a little bit older at that point. They were a little more self-sufficient. Okay. Um, I wasn't working with my with my now ex-husband anymore. I was a stay-at-home mom. It was the perfect thing for me to do and continue to train at the same time. So it just, it all like was this symbiotic, perfect relationship. Yeah. I wouldn't change it for a million, you know, a million dollars. It was only- You were the total right person for that too, because to me, that sounds like, it's a logistical nightmare, like trying to figure all those things out. And that would stress me out. So you were super good for that role. 
You know, I made friends and these were not just friendships to get what I needed. They're honest to God, true friendships that still exist today um, with police chiefs. I mean, went through three different towns. I had to have them on side and on board and they became very, very good friends. And in fact, most of them volunteered at the event itself. You know, we, we just made the right relationships with the right people. And because I was doing it not to get a paycheck, we were donating all the money back to our um, school, our sports team. So we didn't mm-hmm. have to do the pay to play. Okay. Um, so all of the monies went back to fund the high school sports and the middle school sports. We had hundreds, and I'm not kidding, hundreds of volunteers. We had like a two-to-one ratio of, of so athletes cool. to volunteers. We actually had to tell people, we've got too many this year. Go cheerlead on the side of the road. When you know? does so, that happen? That's so yeah, cool. Right? And and it yeah. just um, it became an amazing event. And when I had made the commitment at the beginning, I'm going to do this for 10 years uh, until my youngest daughter's out of high school, and then I'm going to turn it over to somebody. And I had a number of parties that were interested in it, some very big parties. Um, but there was a gal in my community uh, named Rachel Martin, phenomenal woman. I mean, she is a spitfire. She's what I guess what I was 10 or 15 years ago. And her and her husband took the race over. They're local okay. residents. They have young children. Perfect. I mean, she basically is me on steroids. She's amazing. Like, <laughs> you should talk to her. She just blows my mind, the things that she does. So- um, you know, knowing that it was being turned over to someone who was going to give it the love, care, and attention that it absolutely needed and that it wasn't going to go away. That's sure. really important to me. And sure. it's got an incredible legacy. So yes, it does. And that and that legend lives on. That's super, super fantastic. I mean, yeah. to leave and then you moved and you came here and to leave that behind, like it was like wrapping up a lot of things, right? Putting that baby to bed. Wrapping up your life on the East Coast, um, you know, coming out of a marriage, starting over, big changes when you moved to Seattle. And you started, you know, it was at that time that we were hanging out and um, doing all things triathlon that you started talking about CBD and you started talking more about wellness around that. And then came this new venture for you. So tell us about that. Yeah, I really started... um dabbling, I guess you'd say in, in 2014. So I was doing them both at the same time and going through this, um, you know, divorce and stuff. And I knew I was going to have to have a income generator. Um, but initially Austin and Cat wasn't about that. It was, you know, how can I help my own dogs who are struggling with aging and inflammation and not feeling good and not going down that pharmaceutical route? Cause I wasn't going down that pharmaceutical route. I was, you know, an athlete, I was treating myself naturally. I was healthy and taking vitamins and supplements and whatnot. So it only seemed natural to do the same thing for my dog. Sure. It kind of just snowball effect. Like I remember talking to you about your dog. Um, I can't remember his name. The one that Ollie, Ollie. Um, I think Ollie had flashing issues with the lights or something mm-hmm. when he was really young. Mm-hmm. And so we talked about that and like, try this. It, it could work. And, yeah. you know, I would tell more and more people, it, it's kind of like the same way in triathlon world. If we're going to look at, you know, comparisons, like <laughs> you got to go do this race. You got to try this event. You got to yeah, go try a tough mutter, go try, you know, sure. this and that. And people were willing to try it. And again, just kind of snowballed. So when I moved out to Seattle, um, that's really when it started to really take off. I launched in 2016 online, got here. 
um, to Seattle, moved here in uh, January of 20 of 17. And because I'm very competitive, mm-hmm. I saw a couple <laughs> other brands on store shelves and I was like, just like I was when I went to Europe, I can do that better. I can make a better product. I can do better packaging. I've got a better story. I know what the heck I'm doing. I've got this brilliant husband of mine who has formulated products before and knows right. you know how to make stuff. We can do this better. And again, you know, was I over my skis? Probably, but I guess that's being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you know, being able to experience all of that. And it was a rush. I mean, talk about a massive adrenaline rush, you know, knocking on the door of uh, all the best pet care, which is a large chain here in, um, yeah. in Seattle, independent chain. I think it's got like 17 or 18 stores and knocking on their door and them saying no, and then knocking on their door and saying no again, and then knocking on their door and them saying, yes, we'll take your product. This is how much we want. And I'm like, uh-oh, I've never made that much in a month. <laughs> so, <laughs> We got some baking to do. So to back up and let let everybody know, you were making the product. You were not like sending that out. That was you. No, no. And we still, yeah, in the kitchen. Yeah. And then weirdly, never burn a bridge. I could not do the bakery thing. Like I couldn't get the right facility. And I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I have demand. So I started making the cookies at the same facility. I held my triathlon at. No way. Yeah. They had a banquet facility there. That's <laughs> how we cooked all those turkey dinners. Cause we did a turkey dinner after the race. So I was just sitting there one night and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, how am I going to do? Oh, wait a second. They must have a ton of ovens up at spring Hill because they go. were making all those turkeys for me. So I called them up and I said, Hey, Dulcie, Dulcie's the owner. I said, what do you do um, when your ovens aren't being used? Like, do, do you ever rent them out? She said, well, we're not open on Mondays and Tuesdays. I said, can I use your ovens? She said, can I help you? I was like, okay. Oh my gosh. So that's, you know, we were baking the cookies there and the kids were home on college break. They would do bagging. When we got too busy, they would come and help. So, you know, it was definitely a family affair and Mm -hmm. friends helped me get it going. And then, you know, then it just kind of, kind of gone and it kept going and it kept going. And now we're, you know, we're in about, um, I don't know, maybe 1200 stores nationwide, you know, a decent online business. I have a huge factory. So we're still making all the product ourselves, which is very, very rare when you start to get distribution um, okay. and you start selling on a national level. But that's really important to me because I want to be able to know exactly what's going in our products. Um, when I started, I had two products. I had two different sizes. They were the same product, just two different sizes. Okay. And now I have over 20 different products with, I think we have 84 different ingredients. So Anything from ashwagandha to amazing cucurmin to, you know, uh, German chamomile. We're sourcing our New Zealand green lip muscle directly from New Zealand. Okay, Um, pause on that for a sec because you are so wonderful. And you sent me some um, New Zealand green lipped muscles, which is in the cutest container. Like for those of you who have not seen Austin and Cat's products, you need to go to almost any pet store and you will see them. The marketing is so clever. It's so genius. But those green lip muscles were a welcome to our newest puppy, Maisie. And um, that was an awesome product. We love that product. Thanks so much. You know, like the name just makes me laugh. 
<laughs> well, frankly, if you can only do one supplement for your pet, and I'm saying this to everyone, like I don't, you know, well, obviously buy mine because my New Zealand greenland muscle is amazing. But if you can only do one supplement for your pet, give them New Zealand greenland muscle from the day you get them home, because it is the most absolute joint protectant. It is just phenomenal. And yeah. you will thank me going down the road when your dog is 10, 12, 14 years old. I mean, yep. If you see Austin, Austin's going to be nine years old. He's like a kangaroo. I mean, he is just <laughs> full of himself. And part of that I attribute to all of the different supplements, including CBD that we've been giving him since he was, you know, three, four months old. Yeah. Yeah. So cool that we have this line for our pets that we love so much. And, you know, like we put so much into... I'm saying we, I'm speaking for the majority of people I know. We put so much into our own wellness and it doesn't make sense that we wouldn't do that for our pets, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It, it it almost breaks my heart when, you know, I'll meet somebody, um, you know, out running or whatever and we start chatting and they'll ask me, what do I feed my dogs? And I, you know, it sounds scary because we feed raw and that's a, you know, a very big commitment, but it's how I feed my dogs. And I'm not, you know, going to poo-poo on anybody if you feed kibble and because there's so many things you can do for your pet's bowl that will, little tiny things that will improve it. Give it the ends of the broccoli you don't eat, the, you know, kind of beat up green beans that you're not going to use. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Apple, pieces of apple, some carrots, you know, there are things you can do to help your pet's bowl. Um, But they'll say, oh yeah, I just buy my dog food at Costco. And I'm like, oh God. (laughs) And you spent $5,000 on that purebred dog and you're feeding it basically crappy McDonald's every day. Seriously. Tell us more about feeding your dogs raw. What does that look like? What does that mean? It's a challenge. I mean, it's, I shouldn't say it's a challenge. It is, um, you, you have to work at it. So we do different things. Like we're doing ground lamb, ground beef, ground chicken. Um, we'll do sardines, raw fish, um, different supplements. Cause you do need to supplement when you're doing raw. We okay. may throw some brown rice in there, green beans. I love doing green beans. We do Brussels sprouts, spinach, kale, pumpkin. I mean, there's so much ask, you know, who I'm not going to say her name because <laughs> she'll pop on, but ask her, is this safe for dogs? And they'll let you know, obviously you can't certain mushrooms. You can't give your dogs. And, you know, I wouldn't give my dog, um, uh, uh, you know, certain, certain foods, you, you just have to be kind of smart when you do it, but there's loads of great readings out there cool. um, on raw and you can do commercial raw too. There's lots of great brands that are in the independent retailer that um, are freeze-dried, dehydrated, Okay, just, and they're super easy to do. They're a little bit more expensive, but you know, long-term health, would you rather have a TV dinner or a, you know, piece of nice salmon with some green beans, right? For sure. Right. For sure. Unless you're our age, people aren't going to know what TV dinners are, you know, our age or older. You kind of miss them though. I remember what came with them. Like I remember it it meant like mom and dad were going out for the night and we were going to have a babysitter and we were going to get to watch loads of TV. Yes. Yeah. I just (laughs) remember because I'm gluten-free and I have been gluten-free for almost 20 years. I just remember the apple pie. Remember the apple, you peel off the little metal and there would just be the apple pie. I don't think I ate any uh, of the meal, just the apple pie. Yeah, the meat was questionable, right? Like I think even- <laughs> I don't know if it was meat. <laughs> I think being young, we were like, mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you are gluten-free. I kind of forgot that you were gluten-free. I've been gluten-free for about- 
probably as long as I've known you, um, yeah. maybe a little bit longer. And I do that for, um, you know, I have Hashimoto's and autoimmune and it's just a little better for me and my health. What made you go that route? Well, I have Hashimoto's also. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I, a, a number of books I had read many years ago, just kind of become a quick and easy convert. Doing it almost 20 years ago, though, was not easy. No, no. It really, really But was. maybe even a little bit better because back then we didn't have gluten-free products, you know, which in in a whole, gluten-free products aren't real food anyway. They're, you know, processed foods made to mimic things that we miss. So, yes. yeah. I mean, most of us could go gluten-free just by eating. Absolutely. Real nutritious yeah, just shop the border of your store and that's pretty much yep. what we do anyway. So yeah. yeah, it's 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 not been a challenge. I think the things I missed initially were like I love I love bread. Yeah. Like if you I get a whiff of sourdough, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So bread was the hard one, but uh-huh. you know, you get over it and totally get over anything. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Um, I have a young one who's um one of my kids just recently tested positive and it's just like, damn, like it's a hard road when you're used to having bread and pasta and and you like foods like that. It's really hard to adjust, especially for someone in their twenties, not a lot of fun, but we know that it's doable and we know that our health is better for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's say that Austin and Kat has been out for what, seven years, eight years, eight years, eight years. And, um, where do you see it going? Like what's coming? Well, um, we're taking the show on the road. So that's the big thing that we'll be doing. My husband and I bought a school bus. So we're converting <laughs> a school bus into our home on wheels, which will basically be about the size of a New York City apartment. I think will be 300 square feet. Yeah. Yeah. I got dogs. to see a picture. You guys were not talking an orange school bus. No. You got to You got to get that one out of your head. You got to go bigger. Yeah. It's more like a big bullet. Yeah, it's like um imagine it's not a tour bus, but it's not a school bus. It's yeah. in between. It's like a transport bus. Okay. Um, it's like what they would like when you're in high school if you went on like a ski trip. The longer it's a long haul bus. So it's got like pass through storage and underneath. But we're like we're building a home in this. So it will have, you know, a full kitchen, running water, a oven and a stove and a shower and a shower. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And does it have a name? We're (laughs) well, it's non-binary. So it's a, they, them. Okay. Um, yeah. Figure if we do that, (laughs) that's the appropriate thing to do. And right now we're calling it Gus, the struggle bus, because (laughs) (laughs) that's his name today. (laughs) It might be Gus, the the struggle bus until Gus is done. Yes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Okay. And so where is this bus going to go? This bus is going all over the world, or I shouldn't say the world, but all over the country going into Mexico. So we'll start uh, in August Okay, and we'll be leaving Seattle and heading to Colorado. Um, Tim and my, one of my daughters are doing a Steamboat Springs, big gravel boat ride mm-hmm. race. Gravel boat what did I call? I called it a boat gravel bike race. There you go. Boat Springs. Yeah. Um, and then from the, so I'll be with the dogs and cheerleading the two of them. 
And then from there, we will be heading to the East Coast because I have three trade shows. So we'll go through Vegas and that's be my first one. And then we'll head up to New England for my next trade show. And then from there, we'll be heading down to Atlanta and making stops along the way. And then uh, by December, we'll be heading towards Mexico and heading into Baja. But along the way, our intention is to visit as many stores that our products are sold in and see Uh as many customers that we can and just give the dogs the best life. So it's not like retirement at all because we're going to still be working and running the company. Um, I should say that Tim works for the company also. So he's left his previous um, career path and and joined me about a month before COVID hit, which I think he's probably thinking, why did I do that? Because now I'm with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's the intention and we'll see how it goes. So, you know, we've committed to 18 months. If we're loving it, awesome. If we're not, guess the struggle bus will be for sale. (laughs) Yeah. So keep that in mind, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) I cannot wait to um, track you. I hope that maybe Gus is going to have its own social media. Yeah, I think it definitely will for sure. Okay. Good. We'll all have to follow that. That's going to be so fun. So Tim joined you guys right before COVID. And how did things change for you when COVID started? Change for you with the business? Change just in your life? Oh, yeah. COVID was really hard for for me because I'm a very um, social person. And not being able to go into the office was really difficult. Sure. We were deemed essential. So my um, my workers all went in, all my production staff went in, okay. but for the most part, you know, sales, marketing, we all worked from home. So that was hard. And, you know, the exercise thing was hard, you know, being able to go out for a run. We are very fortunate. We live right on the edge of a, a beautiful um, park. We live by Discovery Park. Mm-hmm. So we're running in Discovery Park, but just felt that, that constraint, you know, I think yeah. every, I'm not anything different from anybody else. Everyone kind of felt that, but you know, my motivation dropped, you know, I was, Mm -hmm. everybody was a bit depressed. I get a bit depressed. I missed my parents tremendously. Um, they're older. My mom was starting to show, um, signs of dementia. So, you know, not being able to see my parents was really hard. Tim's family's all in the UK. So that was, you know, very difficult for us not to be able to see the family. And I think, you know, for us, you know, what, what can we do to, to fill our souls with something good? And we decided to get another dog. So we got Harper and she's asleep over there, but we went, we flew to Vermont and got her. So that was in July of 2020, which was okay. freaky, you know, yeah. literally like wearing goggles and two masks and rubber gloves on the plane to go get this puppy. And having permission slips. And having and having permission slips and yeah, that was that was crazy. But it did give me a time to see my family when I got over there. Like Perfect. so, I did get you know to to do that, which was yeah. really really great. So having that focus on her um, gave me you know that that little extra ray of sunshine. You know, having a puppy in the house is like having a new baby in the house, and Absolutely. and that was awesome. Yeah. And it's coping mechanisms for, you know, for some people having that attention and love to give to a pet. It's how you cope. It's how you deal. Absolutely. I've done a lot of reading about depression and, um, you know, what people are going, what people were going through. And Mm -hmm. for a lot of people, their pets were the only thing that they had during COVID. 
Like yeah. if they didn't have family close by um, or they lived on their own, their pets were the reason that they had to get up in the morning. And I think people's pets saved a they lot. Totally. Lives. Lot and that's that was a reason too that there was a shortage on adopting pets, right? Like yeah. there were no pets to be found. No, no for a while. And the beautiful thing about the for those people who already had pets were that they became more in tune with their animals and they got to learn a lot about their dogs and their cats. And I think, and I truly believe this, that a lot of dogs and cats' lives have been extended. Because of that time that we were home watching them and learning about them and saying, my dog sleeps all day long. Is he okay? And (laughs) realizing that, you know, maybe they weren't feeding their dog enough. Maybe they weren't exercising their dog enough. Maybe their dog wasn't getting enough fresh air. You know, all of these things, maybe their dog needed healthcare. And, you know, our vets, it was impossible to get a vet appointment. We all know that. And so people learned a lot about their animals. And for my business... Once we got over that, you know, April, May, which were scary as F, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know, we started to see business increase. People were looking to how can I help my pet? You know, right. my pet has anxiety, my pet has hip and joint issues, my I have a senior dog. So out of that, you know, came a lot of innovation on our part. We started developing products for pets that were now needing other things. So, you know, they still had CBD in them, but like, okay, wait a second. I can add these other ingredients yeah, to yeah, yeah. even improve. Okay. We've got a senior dog. How can I help? It's ocular health. Dogs get dementia. Surprisingly, people don't know that, but doggy dementia is a common thing as dogs age. You know, I what can we do that. to help? Yeah. It's very common. Okay. Um, but what can we do to help our, our dogs and, and cats, um, you know, with other ingredients. So that's kind of when my deep dive and, and Tim's deep dive, when we really became so focused on, okay, CBD is great. How can we make it even greater? Like how can we supersize it? And by adding all of these complementary botanicals and, um, and herbs that you and I are using ashwagandha, for example, right? Why can't we add that to a dog's, uh, Shoe dog cookie, right? I'm not allowed to call them cookies because they're dosage form products, but how can I make how can I make it so the CBD helps, but I can do ABCD to even make it sure. better? Sure. So that was a, a, a an opportunity for us that Huge. you know took yeah took something very uh, what could have been very depressing and turned it around like okay how can we do things better here? And yeah. so I, I enjoyed that innovation time and you know we're still doing that. Like right now we're in the process of doing a really really big innovative thing. I I can't say it yet, but it's going <laughs> to change. It's going to change the nature of my products. Like wow! Oh, I cannot yeah. wait for this. Super ex- cool! You are so way beyond creative. I love it. I wish I could say it was all me because it's not. Okay. Um, Tim is brilliant, and you know I can't say enough things about someone who has the ability to do so much. I mean, from a drive a bus, like how cool is that? Right. To you know, he he's the founder and developer of Noon. Like that's, that's right. How do you That's do that? Right. And then how do you understand like spreadsheets upside down and backwards and forwards? Like he has an innate ability to do so many things. So he's constantly, you know, thinking squirrel, squirrel, you know, all those <laughs> things. So, you know, sometimes you're at like, slow down. What's, what's that like to live with? That's a, that's a challenge. <laughs> that is a challenge. Adult ADHD. Is, that's to me. That's what was lighting up in my brain. Is it like, I get rapid fire, you know, ideas. I don't, 
I don't have the foresight to act on how to put together, you know, all that's going, it's like popcorn in my head, but I don't have a bowl to put the popcorn in. So sometimes well, there's a bowl, apparently there you go. There you go. There's pieces for me just floating off everywhere, but I do, I, I've got the ideas. I just need the, I need to be able to clearly see the, you know, fruition to see it through. So he's got that going on. Yes. So sometimes we have to be like, slow down. This is a lot. We're all mortals sure. here, right? You sure. Are Superman. Yeah. Um, but I don't, the company would not be where it is today without his entrepreneurial spirit. Like it yeah, is understandable. Yeah. But it, I mean, you know, that, that whole, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. I, if yeah. I hadn't had the design team that I had to create these beautiful, beautiful illustrations that really tell the story of Austin and Kat. I mean, I, I always said like, cause we do the designs in house, but the original designs came from a design agency out of Boulder called Moxie Sozo um, props to them. They are brilliant. They've done like birch benders and uh, or okay. like brands, you know, mm-hmm. and all I wanted to do when I started Austin and cat was work with them. Like it was my dream and they weren't my first designer. And when I finally got to a point where, okay, we can maybe afford them. We did it. And I'm so glad we did because our designer, his name is Charles Bloom. He captured exactly what I was trying to do. The cartoon of Austin, that is Austin. That is that is Austin 100%. And he's captured me. Like, that is who I am. Like, those cartoons are us. So if you haven't, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, what is she talking about? Go check yeah, out our go website. Look, go you don't look. even have to look at our product. Just check out our website and look at these designs. They are unbelievable. My kids are featured. Tim's kids are featured. Tim is featured. Our scientist is featured. Like staff, <laughs> every one of our staff has an illustration of themselves. So it's, it's just, it's who we are. And it's like part of our DNA now. Um, yeah. And, and then if, what, what happens when you order a product and you get the packaging, like the packaging is so cute. All of that, it does tell a story. And um, I love that there's like Seattle on the boxes, you know, and, and, and then the little pamphlets that you're reading through to me, and maybe it's the first grade teacher in me coming back, but I like want to hold up the pamphlet and like read it to everybody. And <laughs> show it's funny that you this. pointed out the Seattle. So we, um, when we started to do these illustrations, we had an Austin product, which no longer exists because it didn't catch on. It was called Austin's Active. And everyone was like, whoa, whoa why would I want to make him more active? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> it's for the active dog. Like you just went on a big hike. And that featured Mount Rainier and uh-huh. it had salmon in it. But our Bailey's No More Wiggles, which is named after um, my part-time dog. So my stepchildren have a dog that goes back and forth. He's featured um, at the Ballard Farmer's Market, which is oh, cool. Seattle. Yeah. But the Baco's Hip and Joint was made for my best friend, Elizabeth, who lives in Maine. Okay. And um, the illustrations there are her home in Maine. Okay. So they're the one the one illustration that doesn't match the... Uh, area. That's all right. You got representation of both sides of of the country. So Kat, I want to ask you to talk a little bit about during COVID your, what you went through physically, like you had this brainchild of how to help dogs and how to, you know, use a really crappy time for a good opportunity for your business. But at the same time, I want to talk to you about what you were dealing with. 
Yeah. So in, I guess it was November of 21, I went and had my annual mammogram and the mammogram lady said, oh, something doesn't look right here. We need to have you come back and do an ultrasound and this and that. So long story short, uh, Santa brought me breast cancer. Uh, I did not ask for it. I get diagnosed on December 15th of 2021. So not exactly the news you want in the middle of a pandemic. Um, But living in Seattle, knowing that, you know, the healthcare here is absolutely amazing. um, I knew I would be okay. Like I knew I'd be all right. I really did. I'm a bit of a bitch when it comes to stuff like that. Like I just wasn't going to let this take over my life. And I just was, I had it. Like I got this, like, it's just something like I've been dealt this card and I caught it really early. Thank God. So please get your mammograms. Yeah. Okay. And that is not being a bitch that you just weren't going to have it. You, (laughs) and you were going to take care of it. No, I I think think we're sometimes like, you know, my husband's British and British healthcare is very different than our healthcare. Okay. And you know, um, I got referred to, I'm not going to say, but I got referred and I went to the first appointment and I was like, I don't want to be here. These are not my people. Like okay. these are not my, these are not my people. And I said, came home and I said, I want to go to Seattle cancer care, Tim. He's like, you have a cancer doctor. They're awesome. And I'm like, I, they're not my people. Like, I don't want to be there. Like, I'm not being a brat. He's like, you just want to go to the, you know, the place, the cool place, the trendy. I'm like, no you're being, you're being British right now. And I want the absolute best healthcare. Like I, I know that they're going to give me great treatment, but I need a second opinion. Like I, this is me, this is my body and, you know, I'm adopted. So I don't know a whole lot about my health history. Um, I did find out that my biological mother did have breast cancer. I didn't find that out till later, but you know, I was like, I just, I have to do this for me. And so I pick up the phone. I'm like, hello, Seattle Cancer Care. Can I have an appointment? They're like, yeah, in like four months. I'm like, well, that stinks. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I have this amazing group of women friends. Um, we're called the Cannabis Queens, mainly because <laughs> we're all in the cannabis space in some way. A couple of them are in the recreational. Uh, they've got recreational businesses. My girlfriend, Jessica, is a researcher and she owns a, a hemp business. And then I am in... CBD. So anyway, we were doing uh, weekly Zooms, like, because that's Mm -hmm. how we were all staying together. And I'm like, I want to go to Seattle Cancer Care. And all three of them were like, well, I know so-and-so. I know so-and-so. I'm like, everybody pick up the phone and call, get me in. And so I was fortunate enough to get some strings pulled and I got, I got an earlier appointment. You know, I could have waited because it was so small, like nothing really dramatic would have happened because I had had so many procedures leading up to getting into the, the cancer doctor that I wanted to see. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wouldn't have delayed it, but I, I wanted to get in. I wanted to get this out of my body. It's a mental thing too, to to know that you have that. Yes. I didn't, every day was a day I couldn't get back and I can't get today back. I can't get yesterday back. And so I didn't want to be sick. Like I didn't want to be sick. Right. I set some goals for myself during that, that time I wanted to earn my Tron bike on Zwift. 
<laughs> you had to climb a certain height to get your Tron bike. And I got my Tron bike the day before my surgery. Like I rode that stinking bike that on the trainer because I wasn't going anywhere because I couldn't get sick. Like if I got COVID, they delayed yeah. surgery. So I was like, and I was a bubble boy from Seinfeld. Like, don't get near me. The kids oh. could come over. I'm like, can dogs get it? They can't go for a walk. I was like, I just became so uber focused. It became my Ironman race. Sure. And, sure. You know. What did your, what changed at that point for you? Like your approach on anything health-wise besides putting yourself on a bike and staying in a bubble? What did you, what did you do differently? What did I do? To, oh, I made sure I ate really well. Um, I was already taking loads and loads and loads and loads of supplements. Like they don't even fit in my, you know, daily okay. container. So I've okay. taken, I've already taken, like I'm taking mushrooms. I'm taking cucurbit. I'm taking astaxanthin. I'm taking all of the things that we should be taking as sure. 50 some odd year old women. Mentally, you know, trying to do meditation and, you know, try to be in tune with myself, but also giving myself a break and knowing that it was okay mm -hmm. to be not going to work, wanting to spend time with my children, um, wanting to just read, just taking some self-care. I think we yeah. as moms and entrepreneurs and business owners, we don't give ourselves enough self-care. And sure. suddenly you look down, you're like, oh, it's 6.30. I got to start making dinner. I didn't even go for a walk yet. I didn't meditate. Like, you know, we mm. forget to take care of ourselves. We're so busy taking care of everybody else. Mm -hmm. We forget to take care of ourselves. So I was giving myself permission to take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so you had surgery. Yep. I decided against having a mastectomy. Mm -hmm. Um so I had lumpectomies in both breasts. So they found something suspicious in my my right breast. The okay. left breast is the one with the cancer in it. So they took that out too. And then, you know, this is where I have to say, um, I am a little upset with myself because I was stubborn and they signed me up to go to physical therapy because I had um, lymph nodes taken out. So it wasn't okay. in my lymph nodes, but because of that, you lose some range of motion in your arm. And I'm like, Oh, I'm an athlete. I can do it at home. I don't have time. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've kind of permanently damaged myself there because I, and I don't have the range of motion that I had before. So, Hey, if you get a weird diagnosis or a diagnosis of something and they want you to go to physical therapy, go to physical therapy, listen yep. to your doctors. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Any injury that we have, we're like, elitist in thought because we are just do, used to doing so much with our bodies that we think that we're not, that doesn't apply to us, which is so stupid. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's it so elitist. Like you said, is yeah. the perfect word. Like I'm, I'm above that. And uh -huh. I was above that. Like I should have so gone to physical therapy. So, <laughs> oh, don't we get so smart as we get older? Yeah. So I did yeah. um, radiation I had a very long conversation with um, my doctors of my team. I had three doctors and we decided I really didn't want to go on tamoxifen. It's a five-year commitment. It does have some pretty intense side effects and I just didn't want to do it. And I yeah. said, okay, if I don't do that, what do I have to do if I don't do tamoxifen? They said, you have to do radiation. It's you. If you're not going to do tamoxifen, you're going to do radiation. So I did the radiation. Um, I don't have any from what I'm 
aware of any long-term effects from it. it seemed to go well. Right. Um, the team was great. Um, it's quick, easy. I think the drive to the facility is, you know, obviously a bigger pain in the neck than having the, you lay down, they zap you, you lay, you get up and you leave. It's like, oh, wow. Okay. Huh. And I did that for um, four weeks. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And how are you today? I'm good. I'm totally fine. I've had my, you know, one year, I've actually had a lot of checkups, but my, like you get through that first year is always yeah. a, a good sign. So we're coming upon my one year surgery date. This, this little bugger was out of there and um, yeah, just, you know, had another mammogram. We'll do the same thing over and over, but. Um, Does it change for you? Do they, do they change how you um, get imaging? Does it, is it more advanced? Does anything change? Is it just a straight shot mammogram? Yeah, no, it's just a normal mammogram. Nothing, you know, okay. I think they look at it maybe a little bit more closely. I don't know. Yeah. You know, everything. Okay. Yeah, it was. I mine is, mine is changed um, as I've gotten older. Mine went from being just a mammogram to now it's mammogram with MRI. Oh, okay. I'm just blessed with super dense tissue that um, what the doctor told me this past week is that all of my tissue looks white and so does cancer. So it's, <laughs> it's really difficult to find that. So I do an IV contrast MRI, which I got to tell you, if um, I have very little breasts, not a lot to work with. So imaging gets difficult when you've yep. got to lay on a table with holes cut out. <laughs> yep, There's I've, not I've, a lot I've, to do there. Yeah. I had an MRI um, biopsy yep. and that was not fun. So I've had oh. yeah, a number of those. They're, uh, and my biopsy turned into surgery because they couldn't even get to the spot that they needed to because there was not a lot there. <laughs> Isn't it fun? It is so much fun. <laughs> I um, it, It's funny. I've had so many MRIs and I kept seeing the same technician every time. Uh -huh. And she's like, I'm, I'm really sorry we have to do this again. And I was like, no, it's really, I, you know, I, I'm a very good compartmentalizer. And I said, what I pretend I'm at is at a rave concert when I go in the MRI thing, because it sounds like EDM. Yes, it does. So just think about that. Next time you have to have an MRI, just pretend you're at a rave and that's the EDM music. Perfect. I'll, I'll go that route. Thank you for that. <laughs> Are you continuing to do all the things that you did before? Have you shifted anything since you've gotten past this diagnosis? Is your health, like your perspective, is anything different for you? I mean, probably the way that you approach. You know, I think 2022 was a year I don't want to have it happen again. I lost my dad also this past yeah. year. Yeah. And that coupled with going through cancer, it was a fabulous year too. I did some amazing things. Like after I finished my cancer treatment, we went and um, climbed Mont Blanc in mm -hmm. Europe. And that was phenomenal. Like we did, you know, hut to hut and that was awesome. And I went to Burning Man and, you know got to go back to a trade show that I hadn't been to because I had been either sick or we were in a pandemic. Um, but then I lost my dad at the end of the year. So it, the year was highs and lows yeah. and it was the highest highs and the lowest lows. And, you know, again, you can't get those days back. And I, I cherish, I had an amazing um, final four days with my dad. I flew out to the East coast on October 30th. I took a red eye. It landed on Halloween. I hadn't seen my parents in quite a while. Did a lot of, you know, phone calls and this and that. Didn't realize my dad had asked me to come out because my mom has dementia. I did not have any clue at how, and you know, shame on me. 
um, but how far in advanced her dementia had gotten. And wow. they were still at home. Um, my dad was 91. My mom's in her late eighties and my dad was her main caregiver. And uh, so I came home to help him find a facility for her. So I spent, um, you know, four days hanging out with my mom and dad and realizing, gosh, she needs to go in this facility, like tomorrow kind of thing. And my dad um, just said he wasn't feeling well one night and we convinced him to go to the emergency room in the ambulance. Thank goodness we went in the ambulance. Mm -hmm. And um, my dad's a super religious man. Our doctor was Dr. Church. I mean, it was, <laughs> was amazing. He was amazing. I was kept calling him Dr. McDreamy because he was, and he was just such a lovely guy. And we were in the, you know, in the ER for like, I don't know, two and a half, three hours. My dad's cracking jokes with the nurses. I mean, it, it was just it was, we're there, you know, he wasn't feeling well, this and that. And the doctor comes in and he says, Mr. Bianconi, do you have end of life plans? And I was like, huh, wait, what, what do you, what do you mean? What, what is going on? Like we all have end of life plans. Like, what does that mean? And he's like, you're in complete organ failure. Every single one of your organs is failing. And I'm like, wow. And only a few hours earlier, I had told my dad, I had found my mom, this lovely facility. So we had place for her to go. That's and I think, you know, at that point he realized, okay, I can go. She's got a great place. She doesn't really know who I am anyway. Mm. So yeah, I got the call in the morning that my dad had passed. And so it was literally like six hours. I left the hospital. They wouldn't let me stay. It was like two o'clock in the morning. They sent me back to my hotel and um, I got a call at like 630 in the morning that he had passed. And it was like, oh, oh thank God you got to see him. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I think you put life in perspective and yep. I, I can encourage anyone to do anything and, you know, you can't get today back. So, you know, love the ones you love, apologize to someone you had a fight with, pay it forward in the, you know, coffee line. Just, I can't say that enough. So this whole bus thing, yes, maybe <laughs> is a midlife crisis, but it's also you know, I can't get today back and I sure. don't want to sure. miss out on enjoying what this country, this world has to offer and people have to offer. So I'm really excited and looking forward to it. I love how you put that all together. You know, one of the things that I often think about and, um, and share is that we all know that life is peaks and valleys. And if it was all a peak, it would get old. You know, like we got to have that to look forward to, but we've got to be in the valley to learn our lessons and to feel the feels and to, to better ourselves, I believe, um, so that we can be better to other people. But then you are looking forward to the peak and the peak is like a real damn peak when you get there. <laughs> it's like, it's the good stuff. It's the burning man. It's the, you know, Mont Blanc. It's the, it's the, I don't have cancer anymore. Like yeah, it's, it's the ringing the bell stuff. on your last treatment. Yes. That, like, yes. That's yes, yes. Yeah, I was like, that was so <laughs> cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that you fully appreciate, you know, the gift of each day. I am so glad that we got to learn more about Austin and Kat. And I want everybody to go check them out. If you don't already know the company, go check them out. If you have pets, you're going to definitely want to look into that. And also get your mammograms, right? Get your mammogram. Get your mammograms. We haven't talked about all the other things about, you know, this, this stage of life, and menopause and all the stuff that we go through and how our bodies shift. But 
um, maybe we'll, maybe we'll chat again, Kat. And in the meantime, I would love to know what does it mean to you to be badass? What does it mean to me to be badass? Where do you feel badass? What does it mean? Think about that one for a moment. Okay. Oh, I've having four daughters, right. Is probably one of the main things is just showing them that you can do anything you want to do and you can do it. You can do better than the boys. Like, of course you can, right? And there's nothing wrong with doing it with the boys either, but it's always a little bit more fun if you do it better than them. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. I love it. That's yeah. so awesome. Four I have a funny little thing to tell you. This is, tell I, so I had my, um, my GP, I love doctors. Like apparently I, all I do is see them, but I had my GP appointment last week and the nurse um, was doing like all my vitals and stuff like that. She's like, oh, your blood pressure is so low so low and I was like no no this is good you know I'm a runner and this and that she goes oh she's like so are you on Medicare now I was like uh-uh I'm I'm only 55 years old I'm not on Medicare like (laughs) did you have your purple hair at that time no but still like Medicare (laughs) it's kind of funny oh yeah well, when when we do, get I mean, to I don't that, mind the the AARP stuff that comes in the mail. There's right, some good discounts right. there, right? <laughs> when we do get there, we're going to be super badass. We'll just keep hitting the reset, Absolutely. keep doing all the right things, taking our CBD, taking our supplements, getting lots of good exercise. Cat, oh, it has been so nice to have you. Thank you so much. Would you please tell everybody where they can find more about you, more about your company? Yeah. Um, austinandcat.com. So Austin, like Texas, spell out the word and, and I'm cat with a K. Cat with a K. How often do you say that? A lot. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it doesn't really matter. Like if you don't write cat with a K on my Starbucks cup, I'm not going to cry. No, we know who you are. Yes. And for, if you're not watching this on YouTube, we are on YouTube and okay. cat is rocking some pretty cool purple hair. Cause she's getting ready to go to a show ready for the show. Yeah. Look out Orlando. She's coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for joining us today, everybody. Do go check out Kat and we will see you next time. Well, there you have it. One step closer to feeling strong, confident, and inspired to take care of you again. And you know what's even more badass? Sharing this with a gal pal that might need a little fist pump in her life. If you got some inspo from this episode, I'd be honored if you took a screenshot for your social and tagged me at Coach Heather Yancey so I can send you a personal thank you. And please know that if you could take a minute to rate and review the show, it helps get this podcast to more people. And that's super badass. And finally, if you haven't joined the Badass Reset Club on Facebook, what are you waiting for? I'll see you over there and go get them. <laughs>